Um, so, I have a little bit of a cringe-worthy title for today's sermon, and if you don't like it, you can thank Jason, because he's the one who gave me the idea. Um, but the title of today's sermon is going to be, Fear Has Eight Legs. Now, if you don't know, I don't really like spiders. They're not my most favorite thing in the world. Um, and so there's some history there. When I was a kid, there was one time I woke up sleeping while I was camping, felt something crawling on my leg, felt a bite, felt some more crawling. Never actually saw it. I'm pretty sure it was a spider. But for a long time after that, I really did not like spiders. And I kind of recovered from that. Um, wasn't too bad. Um, and then several years ago, my sister got bit by a brown recluse spider, and I found out exactly what can be done by a spider to you. Um, it's not really pretty. So I didn't really realize that that affected me until a couple weeks ago. Heather and I moved into a new house, and I was out in the shed. We had been in there for like a week, um, and I saw this little brown spider crawling on the door of the shed, realized it had the fiddle-shaped mark on the back, and I didn't really like it. So that one died pretty quickly. Um, I was trying to tell myself, okay, it was in the shed, not a big deal. We're in Alabama, in the south, they're going to be in the shed, it's fine. So that night I went to bed, and I was still pretty uneasy, having a hard time getting to sleep, and I got up and went to the bathroom, flipped on the light in the bathroom, and looked down, and lo and behold, another little brown spider hanging out in the trash can. Looked a little closer. Once again, it had the fiddle-shaped um, mark on its back, and I about, like, had a heart attack. Um, and so that one died, too, but I went back to bed, and I could not sleep that night. I really don't know if I fell asleep the entire night, but just things going through my head, um, just, like, fear really took hold of me. Like, every time, like, my skin, like, was crawling, I could feel them crawling all over me all night long. And I was thinking, like, do we just need to move and burn the house down? Um, so, like, totally irrational thoughts. Um, so I started, like, doing some research. Okay, like... Should we do something if you find one brown recluse spider in your house? And it, they're actually, like, really common, and it's totally normal in Alabama to have some in your crawl space in your attic. Um, and they're reclusive, so they don't really like people. They like to hide. They usually stay out of the living space of your house because they don't like people. Um, and, like, people live with them all the time. And I was, like, reading about, oh, yeah, we see them all the time in our house, like, even houses where there's infestations of these spiders, people really don't get bit that often. And when you do, like, a, they're not aggressive spiders, so they would more rather run away from you than bite you unless they really think you're going to kill it. Um, and even when they do do a defensive bite, they don't always inject venom. So they're not always, like, my sister's case was, like, the exception. It's not the norm if you have a brown recluse in your house. But... That even with that knowledge in my head, it didn't really do a whole lot for me. I still was gripped with this fear of these spiders in my house. And so, like, we did research. We got a pest guy. They're coming out, or they already did come out once. They're coming out again. Haven't seen um, any more in a while. So hopefully we're good. But I realized just how much fear I have. Um, and I realized, like, this really isn't from God, this fear. Um, so let's, let me prove that to you. Let's turn to 2 Timothy 
chapter one. We're going to start there. If I can find it. So, 1 Timothy first one, chapter 1, verse 7. Sorry, 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So, if we are gripped with that spirit of fear, we know from this, that's not from God. That's not the spirit that God has given us. And this whole sound mind thing, like the idea of I saw a spider, therefore I want to burn down my house is not sound mind thinking. Um, so we know that this fear is not from God. And I want to define terms really quick. Um, so I looked up the word fear. Um, the definition, a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, etc., whether the threat is real or imagined. Okay, that's one. Something that causes feelings of dread or apprehension or anticipation of the possibility that something unpleasant will occur. Now, something kind of key here is that this is not about something that has already happened. It's about something that maybe will happen and maybe won't. So we get these like unpleasant emotions or whatever um, about something that we don't even know is going to happen yet and we really have no control over. Um, so fear and worry, I think, are pretty closely related. I think when we become afraid, we start to worry. So let's look at the definition of worry. To torment oneself with or suffer from disturbing thoughts. So I see a spider, and I immediately started to torment my mind all night long. Um, it was that worry. And something else interesting, I, you can use the word worry um, when it comes to, like, fox hunting. Um, it's a term. And the idea of, like, the term worry and fox hunting is, like, when the dog grabs onto the fox's throat and starts, like, ripping it around. And I was like, that is, like, an exact picture of what was going on in my mind of just, like, being ripped around by this fear. Okay, now, what I'm talking about in fear is a little different than how I'm going to define concern. Um, so concern is more um, regard something as important or interesting to, to do something. So concern is like, okay, there are spiders in my house and they are potentially dangerous, so we should probably look into ways to make sure that nobody gets hurt in my house. That's different than the totally like irrational fear that I was having. So concern can be a good thing. It drives us to action. Fear just kind of like tears us apart. So I'm going to focus today on fear, not concern. Um, uh, let me get back to my other. So we know God has not given us the spirit of fear, but when we feel that feeling of fear, what do we do? Well, we're going to start in the book of Matthew. Um, so something that's kind of throughout the Bible is that we don't just get rid of bad things. We replace them with good things. 
So like when Paul's talking about the thief, he says, let those who steal, steal no more, but rather, I don't have the rest of the verse memorized, but basically saying, let him work with his hands so that he can give to others. So stop stealing and start providing for other people and start working. So take something off, put something on. So we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 10. We're going to look at what Jesus says. Um, this is about fear, but it's more, he's more talking about persecution, I think, here. Um, but I think this concept still um, is applicable. So chapter 10, verse 28. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So he says, don't fear man, essentially, or Satan or spiders. Fear God instead. And so that idea of fear, yes, it is like God can crush us under his foot. So we should in some ways fear him like from a fear perspective. But it's also that respect, that love, um, that awe that we have of him. So we're going to try and take off our fear of our fleshly fear and put on the fear of God. Um, And verse 29, he kind of gets into what we're going to talk about in Isaiah here in a second. Um, But he says, Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more value than many sparrows. How many of you guys have something valuable and you just let it get trashed? Not very many of you. God values us. He's not going to just forget us, let us wither away. He's going to take care of us. Um, so first thing we want to take off the bad fear, put on the good fear. And um, the first thing we want to do is we want to realize who God is. Like that's something like when we deal with most anything of the flesh, first thing we should do is realize who God is. Um, so God values us. We're going to look a little bit more in Isaiah. If you want to go ahead and turn to Isaiah 43. And we're going um, we're gonna to look at what God says to Israel. Um, and we're going to learn from this just kind of a little bit about who God is. Because when we're afraid of something, first thing I think we should do is really think about who God is. In verse 1, he says, But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. So that first sentence of what God says, or that first part of the sentence, really should be one of the first things that drives fear away. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. If we think about what God has done for us, what our future is, that we are to one day be with him for all eternity, that should make many of the temporary fears here on earth fade away. Um, But he goes on and he says, I have called you by your name. You are mine. He knows our name. And this verse, he's specifically talking to Israel. Um, so maybe it doesn't directly apply to us, but I think there's plenty of verses throughout the New Testament of God's concern for the church that we can kind of apply this to ourselves as well. Um, it says, I have called you by name. You are mine. God knows you personally. He knows your name. He knows who you are. He knows everything about you. He knows your fears. He values you. He's redeemed you and he knows you. And then he says in verse two, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you 
And through the rivers they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Zero in on that first sentence of verse 2. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. He doesn't say you're not going to pass through the waters. He doesn't say you're not going to pass through the fire. He's not going to say you're not going to have spiders in your house. He doesn't even say you're not going to get bitten. But he says, when that happens, when you walk through that, I'm going to be with you. I know you, and I'm going to walk with you through it. He says, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored, and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Um, So he's saying to them, you're precious to me. I know you, you are precious to me, I'm going to be with you. Um, And then skip down to verse 10. I'm going to start towards the end of verse 10. He says, Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I have declared and saved, I have proclaimed, and there was no foreign God among you. Therefore you are my witness, says the Lord, that I am God. Indeed, before the day was, I am he, and there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I work, and who will reverse it? So in that second section, he says, I am the Lord, and besides me, there is no Savior. So what do we know about God from this verse? That he is the only one who can save us. And later on, he says, I work, who will reverse it? And, um, and there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. God is, is powerful. He is our only Savior. So this pest guy coming to my house, he can't save me from spiders. If God has decided that I am going to get bitten by a brown recluse spider, there's no amount of pest control I can do to stop that from happening. And if God has decided that I'm not going to be, there is no amount of not pest control I can do to make that happen. And, of course, we also live in this balance between God's sovereign will and my free will. So it's good to, to take action and to do things. But where is our focus? Are we focusing on I'm trying to save myself um, by doing this or is my focus on God? Because even the night that the pest guy came, I found another spider and I didn't sleep well that night either. That pest guy didn't really make me feel that much better. My focus should be on God. And we're going to look at a couple more verses about this, that knowing that he is the one who saves us. Let's turn over to Psalm 4, 8. Let's turn back to it. And this has kind of been my theme verse since this whole ordeal has started. And I'm, I'm improving. This is a process. There's not like a... There's not a three-step process to overcome fear in your life. But if we look, turn to God's word, we can maybe learn things that will help us move in that direction. So Psalm chapter 4, verse 8 says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Who was saving? Um, I'm assuming this is David speaking. Um, who was saving David from the Philistines? Was it his mighty men? Was it his sword? No, he looked to God and he said, You alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Let's also turn to Proverbs chapter 3. 
we're going to look at another verse along the same lines. Also has to do with sleeping peacefully. In Psalm chapter or Proverbs chapter three, um, Solomon has kind of told us like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So fear, learn this fear of God, put on this fear of God, um, and then you will gain wisdoms. And then he's telling you in chapter three to like really seek this wisdom, which is equal to the fear of God. And he says, this is what he says when you, um, when you obtain it, he says, then you will walk safely in your way and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Why could he lay down and sleep and have sweet, peaceful sleep? It wasn't because he was mighty. It wasn't because he was strong. It wasn't because he had good self-confidence and self-esteem. It was because the Lord was his confidence. He didn't, he may have used the pest guy, but the pest guy wasn't his confidence. God was his confidence. So first thing, we have to understand who God is. So we look at that he loves us and cares for us. Then we want to put our focus on that, like focus that God is our Savior. He's the only one who can save us from troubles. The last thing we want to do, um, I don't know, that's the last thing. The next thing we're going to talk about um, is now that we have this kind of knowledge and we got our eyes fixed in the right spot, we want to take action. We're going to look at that in Philippians chapter 4. If you want to turn there. So Philippians chapter 4 verses 4 through 7 kind of gives us some direction when we are feeling anxious how to, of what to do. First of all, in verse 4 it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. So rejoice in the Lord always. I was not doing a very good job of rejoicing when I saw a spider in my house. I really probably should have just taken some time to worship God for how good and awesome he is. Um, and all the things he's blessed me with. So he says rejoice always. And then he says be anxious for nothing. I really wasn't doing well on this verse. Um, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So what do we do when we feel that fear? He says, don't be anxious and said with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. I think we're being thankful because we know who God is and we're focusing on that. Uh, we give our concerns to God. We pray. We talk to him. We say, God, I am really afraid right now. I have fear. I am worried about this. He knows you're afraid. It doesn't bother him for you to tell him about it. And then give it to him. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And that cast is like, to me, that's like a vigorous action. It's like, God, I can't take this. You've got to take it for me. And it's, we've got to just learn to just let go get, and cast it on God. And that is something we probably have to do over and over and over and over again on the same issue. 
because every time we cast it, then Satan wants to come in with that fear again. One other thing I want to talk about that confidence in God. He says, I will, in Proverbs 3, he said, I will um, lay down my sleep will be sweet. Um, and for the Lord will be the confidence that kind of makes me think of a baby in a mother's arms. Like, why is that baby able to just totally surrender and fall asleep in his mother's arms? It's because he feels so safe and secure. He has confidence in his mom. Like that's the safest place on earth for that baby. And in the same way, when we realize who God is, we realize that we are in his arms and that is a safe place that we can close our eyes and sleep. Okay, so we went through that. Focus on God. We want to put off the fear, put on the fear of God by focusing on who God is, understanding that he is our confidence, and then we want to cast our cares on him. So I think those three steps are really good. And there's, there's one more thing I want to go through today. Um, if you want to go ahead and turn to Revelation 21, is to know your future. Um, a lot of fear is really just based on the unknown. But... God's told us what our future is. Um, and I want to read in ver- chapter 21 of Revelation just um, to take a minute and, and just dwell on what our future is. It says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable murderers, sexually immoral sorcerers, adulterers, and liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So we can look into God's plan for us. He wants, he's going to take us with us, wipe away every tear from our eyes. We're going to be with him for all eternity. Like, can you, we can't imagine that. And if we see that, these little things we face today kind of get a little smaller. Maybe not quite so big of a deal because we know where we are headed. And I also want to point out in verse 8, it lists the people who aren't on that path, who have reason to fear because God says there is eternal judgment. And and we know that that's talking about those who, who are still slaves of sin and not redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And so if that is you today, you do have reason to be afraid. Um, And so I want to just not out of fear, but just say you can have the peace of God. You can come and you can turn to him. And if that's you today 
and you want the peace of God, find somebody today. We'd love to help you know how to do that. Um, just to come to know Jesus and to um, be saved from your sin and from the fear of your sin and the punishment of God um, and from the fear of the things in this earth. Um, so once again, let's recap. For fear, I want to take off fear, put on God. Focus on who God is. Focus on the fact that he is our savior and nothing that we can do can save us. We have to focus on him. And then take all of our fear, cast it on him, and just constantly be reminding ourselves of where we are headed, uh, where our future is. Well, that's all I have. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you can take all of our fears, that you are bigger than any spider or anything that causes us to fear. Um, God, I pray that you would help us to rest in you, to focus on you and to not be afraid of these temporary things in life. Um, So, God, thank you that you are good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.